Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to Simi Pro. I'm Dalton Barrett. Joining me are Daniel Savage, Josh Clements, and Aitzen Farouk. And today we watched The Last Airbender. I'll give Aitzim some grace because he wasn't here last time. The bit doesn't work if everyone does it. <laughs> that makes it funnier. It makes it a better bit. <laughs> no, then it's not a bit. Then it's just a mistake. It's, it's more representative. Yeah, that's the uh, podcast. Uh, a mistake. It's more well, representative. That's a mistake. It, it's it's mm. representative of how chaotic the podcast is. It makes my brain hurt. of how chaotic hurt. our brains are. <laughs> It hurts my brain when it happens. Um, yeah, we, we watched, watched a movie, specifically The Last <laughs> Airbender, directed by. Well, two of us watched a movie. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, yeah, no, I Josh. Watched, I watched about uh, about three percent of a movie. Hey, it's pretty good. Hey, it's not it's not time for this. It's not time for us to be at each other's throats because here, <laughs> this week is a celebration, fellas. We are finished with the Shyamalan it's suite. Over. We have it's one over. hour. This is how we win. We have one hour left to talk about an M Night Shyamalan movie, and then we never have to watch another one as long as we live. We just have to talk about CGI animals for like the next month like, and a half. I feel like Bruce Campbell at the end of Doctor Strange too. You know, it's over. I'm free. I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> I just I. I, I never like knew I could hate M. Night so much. Like, I knew I didn't like or respect him as a director, but I, I didn't know I could actually feel this much genuine hate in my heart for someone said, I've, I've never met. Well, let's save some of this. I want to do, do at the end of this both a wrap-up of this movie and a wrap-up of Shyamalan Sweep as a whole. So, so save your thoughts on oh, M. Night you're, Shyamalan. You're start rapping? Yeah, I'm going to start rapping on the podcast. <laughs> Um, about M. Night Shyamalan. What is that? Like was this your, your, third, your third rapper personality? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> third personality. <laughs> um, so we watched The Last Airbender, uh, a movie in which lots of things happen and yet nothing happens, based on a TV show that they crammed the first season of into one movie. And we watched it. And I didn't take notes for the plot I breakdown. Like I said, I was going to. <laughs> Don before we watched the movie, goes, okay, I'm going to take notes because I need to remember what the plot breakdown is for this. And immediately forgot because the movie <laughs> happened. I do know it, we it, open on opening narration. No, we is, open on a text we, crawl. We get, oh, yeah, yeah. Right, we, get, we get a Star Wars text crawl. But it wasn't just a text crawl. With it, was it was someone also narrating the text crawl. Yeah. And right, then it, it after the text crawl... Um, Katara was also narrating the opening bit. I just I, I want to tell this movie to shut up, and I didn't. I didn't even watch it. Neither did I. I have I've never seen a movie that is like pure exposition in the same way that this is. Like this is. I feel like I have. You know, I, if I, I but it I, wasn't my fun well, childhood. We, we, action adventure me movie you, me and you kept on like about at the halfway mark just started comparing this to the prequels specifically episode two. Oh, no like it this well they do, they do both have a giant two. prank 
Praying Mantis. So. <laughs> and and I didn't watch both of them. So this, Daniel, this it's movie, time for me to admit it because I know there was, I, no, I, giant there was no giant praying mantis. 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 The hey, picture you just, I sent you. Googled, you just googled a picture of a praying mantis. Didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I did. In his defense, there was a giant lizard. We weren't joking about the Komodo dragon. So, so the giant Komodo dragon comes on screen, and Josh says, Oh, Daniel's going to hate it. He missed a giant praying mantis. And I said, Josh, that's a lizard. And he said, Yeah. Yeah, giant praying mantis. That's, yeah. I, I don't see a problem with that. So we open in the ice. We're, we're, we're in an icy yes, area. Yes, we get, of we the get world. Good, good water CGI. Yes, very good water ball. Very good water ball and the worst green screen I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, it, it really just sets you up for what the movie's doing. I, 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 since I didn't watch this movie because my power went out, um, as I was you, going to bed, I, I looked up like just like a playlist of scenes on YouTube. And I, th- I think I had like a nightmare that I was living in just the poorly green screened um, ice world of um, the Last Airbender. So I was just I was just really fuzzy, and there was like a green outline around you, you, me. You know the idea that hell was like your own personal, your, your own personal hell where you're experiencing the worst thing just for you. It, right. mine, mine is that I exist purely on the green screen. <laughs> Every room I walk into, there is no reality. Well, or not just, just any green screen, screen. just. An M night green screen. A Shyamalan green screen. screen. I I look at my hand against the wall and all I can see is a thin outline of green around it. I I drink Dayquil and Nyquil at the same time and now I'm stuck in the Shyamalan green screen. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, it wasn't even that there was a green line around them. The the lighting was off. Like the lighting did not match what was happening, which is a, a holdover from After Earth, the movie that came out after this. Um, I said to not After Earth. I said so this was probably the first movie that M. Night worked on where he had like these fantastical environments on the green screen and stuff, and he just didn't know what to do, so he didn't realize he was meant to be lighting it the same as the background. So I just, he was just like, oh, they'll fix it in post. And then and they, they didn't. He, they didn't, and he still can't make a movie. And, and they decided to put, um, our main characters in fuzzy, like, parka jackets. <laughs> On the green screen, yeah, yeah. when well, green fur. screen is like famously difficult to do the effect on fuzziness, so they make it fuzzy, and it's just it's bad, it's horrible. Um, yeah, and then so so, what's his name, Daniel? Who <laughs> I, I don't know which, which character you're. What's uh, our character who breaks the ice? I need you to say his name so that we can avoid the joke. Well, I don't. I don't know which which character you're referring to. The one who takes his axe and breaks the ice. Oh, you mean um, Katara's brother, Stoka? Yeah, he breaks the ice with his pick, <laughs> and then <laughs> the, the voice crack in Dalton Jair as he as he had to fight his primal urge to say it. So this giant ice ball breaks out of the ground and turns well, they, out they, there's a child he, in it. Well, he well what what he does is he's they're standing he's on ice. And directly underneath them, he just takes his his little um, machete. axe, machete, boomerang, whatever, and he just he just hits it into the ice that they're actively standing on, and is the only thing supporting them and stopping them from a watery death. <laughs> and then um, it and breaks, he, and, he and, it. and they no, run he, away he, in fear. Like, he hits right. it with the ice, and he's like, "Oh my! What have I done? Oh my, God, the ice. oh my goodness! It is breaking. The ice is cracking. Goodness gracious!" So they run I, away. 
and a giant ball, a giant ball of ice comes out of the ice, and inside of it is a child, and this child is Ong, the last Airbender. <laughs> Ong, the last Avatar. <laughs> and this is where I kind of got. This is where things got a little confusing for me, because I remember the show, right? Because I watched it when I was a child, but I'm not one of those like super fans of it who have binged the whole thing in their adulthood, or whatever. Like that's just that I, that never interested me quite like that. And, and so I remember bits and pieces from the show, and I do remember the next few minutes just being the first episode, but like really sped through and really rushed through and whatnot. Uh, but I always had this assumption in my head that. Aang was the Avatar because he was the last airbender, not, like, because he was defaulted to be the Avatar. Like, I thought it was just, because he was the last airbender, he had to be the Avatar because there were no other airbenders around. Right. Um, and I don't know if that's the direction the show takes it, but I, I my understanding, I think, it, is that it doesn't. Not. And I just made that up. It, yes. Almost definitely, yeah. Cool. The I, I think, well, I mean, so this was... Me and Dolan have both seen it, like the the show before, but I think we saw it what like years and years and years ago. So when I it came out, it. yeah, I, I barely remember anything. I never watched it all the way through. Uh, I just remember like the first few episodes, and this movie's just kind of it's the first episode, and then it just tries to condense an entire season of TV into about fifty minutes. Yeah, and it's well, the show came out in two thousand five, so I would have been five when the show right, came yeah. out. I, I would have been that same age then. Yeah. So like it, it's so hard to explain why this movie's bad because it's just it. It's no hard sing- to explain why this movie exists. Well, and and they didn't really adapt, and you can tell like it comes across even if you don't remember the cartoon. They didn't really try to adapt things into a way that would fit more narratively into a movie. They were just like, all right, let's get through these scenes from the, from the show. And we're gonna rush through them. And so, so Ang comes, or I'm sorry, Ong comes out of the water. Ong. <laughs> Ong. So he comes out of the water, and the Fire Nation, who we have not really established, but we've kind of established, is like this bad guy threat. I mean, I they're guess, called the Fire I guess Nation. They were established in the in the opening Star Wars crawl slash narration that none of us paid attention or listened to. <laughs> Correct. But they're already here. Like they're already there. Um, and so they kidnap him. And and sorry, who's they, well, uh, they, they take him. They Ong. take him to. Uh, <laughs> they take Ong to like a water village that they don't establish as nearby whatsoever, and then right. then they kidnap him from there, and they they get him to use all the elements or something. They they put all the elements in front of him and they react, and we thought, oh, that's oh, so he he you know he he's the avatar. But, yeah, I I, th- I thought that because um, I wasn't paying attention or listening to the dialogue, <laughs> and this is when I was still watching the movie. I thought that it was. Like, because he's the avatar, his his avatarness just just radiates and automatically, you know, affects any nearby elements. Um, but I guess ah. they just they said well, they, they did a little they, trick on that him. That would make more sense said, than what they did. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they, they they say later when you weren't there that like he doesn't seem to know how to bend any of the other elements. So right, it, that's what I thought because that's a plot point in the show. But well, he doesn't know how to bend all of them into like yeah, the well, last to, episode of the final season. <laughs> The the end of the movie spoilers enough for this movie no one cares about. <laughs> um, it, it's him training to to do water bending. So like he didn't know how to do water bending. So I highly doubt he knew how to do fire and earth bending. 
so I guess yeah, it, it, they do just move around the avatar. Well, so he doesn't do anything with the with the candle. He can't do the fire. He only well, no, controls the, the rock. The fire, the fire, the fire moves towards him. It, it yeah. gets bigger and it, it like pulls towards him. Yeah. Yeah. The anyway, rock, like floats a little bit and then sits in the, the, the and the water. The water makes a perfect circle in front of him. Uh, and and they go like they go. Okay, we're not going to take you home. We're actually going to torture you. At our kingdom. <laughs> uh, nice to meet you. See you later. <laughs> they do so a little trolling. So he breaks out. <laughs> he, uh, he, he breaks out and he breaks dance, um, which is how they. That is they, true. All of them break dance, and yeah, it's cool, they, they, and I like it. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> it's something. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Katara and Sokka, they both. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they both decide to leave their village Dan, to rescue. I, I can see, I can see Dan's fist is like clenched red right now. <laughs> that one meme of the guy just sitting in class <laughs> with his with his neck vein just bulging out. Um, so they decide that they're gonna rescue Ong, and so they they take his giant buffalo and they go to him. The giant buffalo with pretty solid CGI. So they go and they outside of the face, outside of his face, which looks for horrible. the most part. Um, or when he's in water and they have to do the towel. Ah, the water was fine. No, you even said fine, that in our in our watch potty. You no, said, the, "Man, that fur in the water looks good." Yeah, yeah, but the towel, specifically the towel, the towel looks very CG. Okay, Josh. You don't you don't you don't understand. Josh's opinion is subject to change. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Me and Don were talking throughout the the watch potty that like whether or not it, potty. whether or not it's it's practical or, or because they had a practical stand in sometimes. But the 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 wet fur does look really good. It's just the moving tail that looks kind of CG because they had to actually move it. Yeah. Anyway, so they rescue him. And then they go to his old home. And over the course of this trip to his old home, nobody ever tells him that it's been 100 years and that all of his family and friends are dead. This is is like 25 minutes into the movie, and he appears five minutes in. And uh, like he hangs around Katara and the person whose name I can't say, and it, <laughs> they at no point do they ever tell him, yeah, Eben's been like dead for a thousand years, man. When, where have you been? They wait until well, he crap. gets back You're to his the temple. last Airbender. Avatar, <laughs> you are the Avatar, the last. <laughs> they wait until he gets back to his home, and when he's at his home, that's when they say, "Oh no, you've been in the ice for a hundred years. Everyone is dead." And so he freaks out and he goes avatar mode. Um, he avatars all over. The goblin guys. mode. He goes goblin mode, and and the dust starts floating up around him, and, and he uh, sees a vision of a big snake, and then he falls <laughs> down and he's sleepy. And then yeah, they, everyone in this movie looks five thousand times more bored than you think they would be. Uh, and even even no, when I'd, tra- I'd, I'd say they're about as bored as I I'd think they would be. <laughs> well, even even in the emotional scenes where Ung is meant to be like like you know oh he's screaming he's lost everyone he's ever known I still just got the sense that he was just like if I can get through the scene I can get a paycheck and then I can go home. He doesn't care about a paycheck. He just wants his lollipop because he's a small child. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, nobody cares. And, and it's you compare it to the show, which we really shouldn't be doing. But you compare it to the show, well, you, and you've got like you know the character whose name I can't say, and Ong. One of them is the comic relief character who's like goofy and funny, and one of them is this super hyper energetic kid, and he's having a great time, and he, and he doesn't really understand the weight of what's happening and whatever. And then all of the serious people around them, but in in the movie they're they're all the same it's like blank slate we're gonna have cardboard cutouts and their mouths are gonna move it's, and, and well, it I makes a really to, uninteresting movie you don't want to compare this to, to the tv show because inherently while it is the same thing you know if it was just a carbon copy it would it's not gonna be as good it is but a carbon copy but right, without they, the stuff that made the show good, which is the characters. Copy, and they, they chose to change some things, and the changes that they made were not good. Like, even from a... Because I think you can adapt the show and change a fair few things. Like, as long as you've got the core sort of aspects in there. But then they, they did it bad. They made it worse. It's not even that they just, like, changed things from the show. Because it really is a shot-for-shot shot remake of the show. But without the characters being the characters from the show. That's what they did. Right. And characters it, aren't fun or likable like characters are meant to be. Right. You have a kid who is supposed to be the savior of humanity. And in the show, he acts like a kid. And that's kind of the fun part. We talked about this in the watch potty. Um, like, like, that's kind of the fun is he doesn't really understand the weight of what he's doing. And he's super hyper energetic all the time. And he's acting like a child would act. And that's fun when you watch this as a child. Because you're like, I'm a child and he's a child. We're children. But in this, he, he acts like everybody else. And everybody else just acts like cardboard cutouts. And it's horrible and I hate it. Uh, and over the course of this, we keep cutting back to the Fire Nation um, where we see probably the best characters in the movie, but they're not done well. Like that's a that's a it's not a great standard. Like they're they'd be the worst characters in any normal just, movie, but they're the best characters in this the, movie. You could describe the whole movie like that. It's not done well. Yeah. Um, where we see Dev Patel as Prince Zuko, who is perfectly cast, I think, like very well cast in that role, despite the fact that the character is boring and uninteresting. I looked it up. It's Dev Patel, who's a who's a fantastic actor. He's in a lot of stuff. Just said and that. apparently he uh, <laughs> he uh, he would like watch episodes of Avatar: Last Airbender to prepare for this role while on set on Slumdog Millionaire. And I just I I feel bad for him because wow. he went from Slumdog Millionaire to this. He really wasted his time there, didn't he? <laughs> um, I just man, it, this movie. In rage, it fills me with rage. I'm gonna bite a national at M night. <laughs> and um, Sean Tobe, I think is how you pronounce his name. Um, um, that's Uncle Hilo, right? Yes, and he's great. Oh, he in does that great role. Job, yeah. He's probably the best acted character. Well, no, second best acted character in the movie. Um, he voiced Jensen in the Iron Man video game from 2008. I, I assume he probably paid Jensen too. Then I don't think so. Maybe, Maybe. I guess it's possible. He's or not credited like on, on IMDb as having played him mm. in the movie. No, he is. He he, he is. Ah, so the guy who plays Jensen from Iron Man two, <laughs> <laughs> or Iron Man, the first Iron Man, and Iron Man three, the third Iron Man. Um, mm. 
Mm, I forgot that he was in that. Yeah, so anyway, so th- those two were pretty good. Um, Mr. Aziz from the Spider-Man trilogy mm-hmm. is also he's in good. it. I like him. Well, he's, um, he's, he's in it, yeah. And he's our main antagonist, role, really. He's, his entire role, and I don't think I'm, like, I don't think this is hyperbole, but every single line he says is exposition. Until the end of the movie, yeah. Until the, well, the until the third act starts, yes. Even in the third act, he's just exposition, man. He does some actiony things in the in the final fight. What, what does he do? Because he does. There's that one thing where he throws fire at Zuko and his uncle. Well, that's his power. He, his power is to throw fire. So yeah, yes. but that, that's the, that's the only thing he does other than spout an exposition. No, because he's in the final battle at the end of the movie. He's he's fighting all kinds of people, and then he fights. Does he do? Um, does he do some cool breakdancing moves? He does do some cool breakdancing moves. Cool break moves. Yeah, anyway, yeah, we're getting yeah. ahead of ourselves, so we keep cutting back and forth uh, between who we feel like is being set up to be our antagonist, our real antagonist, and our protagonist, and we're cutting back and forth between these three. And so they leave where the the Airbenders are. They leave the temple to go to um, the Earth Bending Nation. Which they never give any reason for them to go to these different places other than... Because in the show, it was, oh, well, I need to that, learn these that's, things. That's where they went in the show. Correct. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. that's what think, the show did, so they have I to do it. Aren't they, aren't they trying to get to like the main water-bending city? And I guess to get there, you have to go through these places, even though they have a flying animal that they could just fly there on. I didn't get that at all, Correct. but I guess, I guess that is where they end up at the end of the movie. So you're probably right. I, I, um, I'm, I am trying to make this movie make sense. I am doing my best. So they go here, and the Fire Nation has, like, oppressed the Earthbending Nation, or what? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay, I remember, I remember. So the they're in the, the Air Temple, and this little boy comes running up to them and starts hiding behind them, and the Fire Nation's like, he was Earthbending, and he's not allowed to do that. And so then they go into the Earthbending Nation from, I guess it neighbors the, the Airbending area and so they go there <laughs> it's all just it's all just like next to each other There's yeah. barely any difference. so so they go there and Ong gives this big speech about why um they don't have to take this because they're standing on earth and they can move it which is something <laughs> they never realized they could do apparently so they start fighting back and it's a really cool action scene josh hates it because he hates everything uh but we see this really cool action scene that's done in a one take where it's because it's so boring like it, it'd be a fine action scene if there was actual like like energy and action to it but none of when they the most that the earth can do is they slowly move a rock towards one of the groups and that's about it like everything looks so slow there's no urgency there's no power to any of these things they just it, it looks like it's an effort for them to be alive well, it is. They've established that, that it is an effort for them to be alive. Well, they and... should have changed that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, it's the second coolest action scene in the movie, and I like it. And so they start earthbending all over the place and, and <laughs> pulling these giant rocks out of the ground. And, and it's a really cool one take. And this is the first time we're introduced to um, Ong with a CGI face. Because um, mm, yes. there were whole scenes where they would just CGI him entirely so he could do cool flips and, and, and whatnot. Because he's a child who can't do those things practically um and it's bad and every now and then they'll like zoom in and close up on the on the cgi face as he's doing things and it's horrible um and then he you know and then they win the the good guys win the earthbenders they they defeat the firebenders and the firebenders retreat back to their boats or whatever 
And that's that scene. And then we cut back to the boat. And um, is this where Mr. Aziz tries to kill um, Zuko? No, no, no. This is where Mr. Aziz gets introduced. Because uh, ah. Zuko, Zuko and his uncle are at like a dinner. And Mr. Aziz is doing a speech where he just... He, right, this, he is, talks. this is a big exposition scene. Yeah. yeah. That, that, made, uh, that made God strike down my power and, and <laughs> stop watching this movie. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a big exposition scene where Mr. Z is, is like, Prince Zuko's dad, the king, doesn't like Zuko. him. And he doesn't he like his me son. More, and I'm his best friend, and he's, he's, he thinks I'm awesome. And he said I'm the coolest. And you should <laughs> I'm have so cool, cool and you are so lame. <laughs> and you should all listen to me. And then Zuko uh, walks by and he's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to murder you. And he looks off. <laughs> We're going to kill you. <laughs> And then it's he leaves. Even, it even looks like that because he like grabs <laughs> his shoulder and he just like pulls him in close. Right, it's, it's framed exactly the same. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then he, he uh, sulks off. Zuko in this movie is the template for Kylo Ren. Kind of, yeah. He yeah. talks like Kylo Ren, at least. His voice sounds he like... He, he dresses I'm just Kylo like Ren. him. I know what I have to do. But I know what I have to do. I don't know what My name is Ren Zuko. My dad hates me. I'm gonna kill my father. My father is Hansel. My father will take me back. And I will kill you for it. I'm gonna kill you for it. I'm gonna kill you for it. Um, that's what he talks like so he, he storms off and he walks away and it's at this point when our our good guys get to the main waterbending city after given a map by the earthbenders so they're given this this map of or it's not even a map it's like a tutorial scroll on how to waterbend so Katara starts showing Ong a little bit on how to waterbend. He doesn't really get it because she's not a great teacher. So he's not really understanding quite what he's supposed to be doing. So they decide to go to the main waterbending city. So they fly there and they get there. And then um, they were followed by the Fire Nation. At some point between this, uh, Mr. Aziz tries to murder Prince Zuko because... By, by blowing King- up his room. Because the king dude was like, hey, if he finds the avatar before you, you know, then, uh, then, then, then he is my best friend now. he is my you best friend best now. Friend. Correct. Is that, is that, is that the scene where he walks alongside the king and then they stop and they like turn yes. to face each other and then they walk five more steps and then they stop and they turn to face each other? <laughs> Mr. Aziz gives him some exposition while they're stopped. All right, and he tells them like all of what's happened, and then they take four steps forward, and then um, Fire Lord Azai, or however you pronounce it, stops and turns back to Mister Aziz, and then s- gives him some exposition of, "Hey, if my son kills the Avatar, then you lose your job, and I don't like my son, and I like you, so I want you to kill him first. And so then they, um, then they go away. Honestly, be real for that. I mean, yeah, he at least told him, and so that's when that's when Mister Aziz um, decides to kill Zuko, and so he tries to, but it doesn't work. And then the Fire Nation decides to go meet our good guys at Waterbending City. That's in the we, ice. We're making this movie sound like it moves along pretty well. It doesn't. <laughs> so, well, oh, I will say the first the first half, the first the first half, half. of this movie. For as incompetent as it was and as much exposition, somehow moved along at a pretty solid pace. 
by the time we get to the the waterbending city everything freezes and this is also when i noticed something interesting about the movie i know it was a big like topic of controversy that um ong was played by a white kid i looked it up turns out he is native american which is weird not weird but it's like just interesting that 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 yeah, it was, it was a little weird. I mean, while we were watching it, Josh tried to gaslight us into thinking that he was Asian. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was really weird. It was odd. Um, and the the people in the water bending nations are all played by white people, but each nation seems to have its own like race because all the earthbenders are of Asian descent. All of the firebenders are like uh, Middle Eastern kind of. Um. So I would assume that that you know, I, I guess maybe all of the I, airbenders I are an, Native American, maybe. I know, I Which would have been a really like, interesting thing to explore had they actually done that. Well, like, I think I think the show most of like the um the the water bending like culture was based on on like Native American. Yeah. Well. In, yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like. They're like Eskimos, right? So, so right, they've got, right, yeah. you know, so that would have been fine. Do that. I don't mind. I, I And I think it would have been a really interesting thing to explore to have, like, have this be based around racial tension, if directed by someone who wasn't M. Night Shyamalan, because he's tried to do that. Right. It's never worked. Um, <laughs> no, no, it totally, it totally worked out. It worked out so well. It's the greatest. He's the best at this. Um, True. But there would have been something neat to explore there with like all of these different cultures are their own races. And with that comes these powers that they have specifically and they don't get along. And that's where the conflict comes from. Um, But they just didn't they didn't do that. They like had a semblance of that happening in that the different people in the different bending areas are of different races, but they didn't go into anything with that and so i i don't mind that as a concept it's a neat idea that they could have explored but they didn't uh and i didn't realize i realized this at this point it has nothing to do with the movie because at this point i thought oh maybe that's something that they're going to elaborate on and then i thought half a second about it and i was like no they're not um so we're in the water nation and they the 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 folks there start to teach on how to manipulate water with his brain and his movements. And he's not really getting it, but he's kind of getting it. Like he's starting to learn a little bit. That's when the character who I can't say the name of meets Princess... What was her name? You? Princess You? You, you. Girl who gets turned into the moon. Girl who right. gets turned into the moon, yes. So he girl, meets... Girl who has a peck ahead. He, he, correct. Huh? Her, <laughs> her hair, hair, like, when her the hair is very suggestive. Her. It, mm. it's it's shot from behind and the way that her hair is done up looks a lot like a a, a certain phallic object mm. right dan i'm going to send you a picture <laughs> <laughs> I, I want i want you to see this uh i remember us saying when we watched it like man i wish daniel was here to see this <laughs> um so so he meets her and she gives this scene and she's the best acted character in the whole movie because this actress really is able to Oh wow! Yeah, no, I, I, I just, I just found the picture. Wow. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's really able to like do some stuff. She's been in she, some she's other things. She's the only one who has any energy and any like, like I, any charisma, any charm whatsoever. It's just her. No one else in the movie has anything going for them. She's, she's been in some other stuff. 
um, here and there. She was in uh, The Tomorrow War with Chris Whoa. Pratt. Yeah. She was actually uh, she was in, in Legend, Legend of, of Korra. The sequel yeah. show to last yeah. Avatar: The Last Airbender, so she's been in some stuff, which is cool. Um, I'm glad this didn't murder her career as much as it could have. Um, I, I, the the main guy from this hasn't been in anything, has he? No, I'm I'm pretty sure he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> like not legitimately, but that's just kind of. He was, also wasn't like really like an actor. No, well he was in Cowboys dead. versus or Cowboys and Aliens. After yeah, this, yeah, it's like a background character, I think. I don't think so. I, think I, I do was... feel like I remember him being like, like an actual character. Like he was, yeah, the kid. He was uh, the kid the, who like traveled along with them in that movie. Yeah. The but the one thing I remember is that he he got the part because he sent a picture, like a video to M Night Shyamalan of him doing martial arts with the shaved head with the uh, arrow drawn on him, and then M Night was like, "Yeah, I'll cast this guy." And that's that's cool, and I think that's you know it's wholesome. It's a kind of wholesome story, but maybe sometimes you should probably go for the best actor when you're trying to launch your friend. Well, he wasn't bad. I will say, like he's he's not. He's he not, wasn't he's far not, from the worst actor in the movie. Yeah, it's not his fault for for how bad he is. Like his his he's doing his best, and I appreciate it. Um, so this is when Princess Yu introduces us to some fish and she's like yeah when i was a baby i was born dead but my mama put me in this pool no, no, and no. now my hair's white when i was born i was not awake i the, the phrasing of that really annoys me and i can't quite pin why everything annoys you josh this movie annoys me i'm, I'm annoyed because i've had to spend the last four weeks watching them night shaman movies i don't want to watch this is true so so she's like Although yeah you did start this, so this was your idea I, I maintain that the happening is fine. Um, you shouldn't. Anyway, so so she's like, yeah, this fish, <laughs> it gave me its life force or whatever, and so now I'm alive by the power of the moon. And it's a whole thing. Uh, and so they expose that to us, and then they go up, and her and character, who I can't name, have this like slight romantic thing that I know they have because it's in the TV show that they have a slight romantic <laughs> thing and not so much in this movie, except for the fact that She's the only character who acts like a character, and he only acts like a character around her. It's like he's doing an impression of Hayden Christensen from uh, the prequels. Like it's it genuinely does. This movie. This is when the movie starts to feel like Attack of the Clones because it's like there's a lot of bad green screen, and it's two people who uh, do not have chemistry with one another. And there's a giant praying mantis, and you and McGregor riding around. It's it's exactly the same, almost beat yeah. for beat as Attack Ewan of the Clones. Ewan McGregor comes out and just starts fighting people with a sword, <laughs> and he says Natalie "hello Ford there," but it's her, just as her. it's just as uninspired and forced as it was in the finale of Kenobi. Oh my it, God. it feels like oh. somebody's holding a gun to his head. It was crazy. I, I bet whoever wrote that, like whoever put that in, felt so good about themselves. Oh, they, they, they like, like, oh, this is like, so clever. This is such a, a clever little reference. They, they, they would like gave themselves a pat on the back, and they were like, "Oh, this is, this is it. This is the one." And you, you McGregor, that? read it, and he almost dropped out of the movie <laughs> <laughs> or the show. Like he was like, "I'm not, I, yeah, I'm not the doing movie, this. the movie, the last Airbender." Yeah, yeah, he, he, right, read right. It. he read it, and he just thought. Do I really want to do this? Do I do I have to? It was also like when they read the scene where, where when he's fighting, he puts up his two fingers, and and Ewan McGregor read that one too, and he was like, "Man, really? Like I've got to, I've got to do that again." I like I like the two I like the two finger stance. Right? I'm I'm a fan of the, the that. I'm not gonna bully that part. 
I will. I will. Anyway, we're not talking about Kenobi. We're talking about the last I, Airbender. I, I, no, I we, wish we were. <laughs> wish we no, were I, talking yeah, about Kenobi. No, we're talking about Kenobi. We um, we were. Me, I, me, me said, on, "I'm gonna I'm gonna Kenobi all over you guys." <laughs> so Don kept on saying, like when we were watching this, we kept talking about anything but the movie because <laughs> it was infinitely more interesting than whatever the movie was trying to do to us. Well, it was one of the worst commentary tracks that's ever been made because we weren't talking about what was happening. We were talking about the movie as a whole. Like we were just talking about the concept of this well, movie's been, existence. What happened was it was it was scene with exposition, scene with exposition, scene that was furthering the exposition that was just said, action scene, scene with exposition. So Zuko comes in and and he decides to come in through the ice because he can use his chi to warm the ice or something. So he pops up and he fights Ong a little bit and then, um, uh, uh, uh what's her face? Katara, Katana, Katara, whatever. She this is Katana. Him. She's got my back. <laughs> <laughs> freezes him, and then um. Ong like lets his face free and he's like hey if you leave now you can live like we're gonna kill all these people this Look is immediately after he had a meeting with a giant snake that told him not to hurt anybody and he's like hey if you leave now you won't die because we're gonna kill all y'all and well, the, the, the snake says hey don't hurt anyone use the power of water to show them the way like okay fair enough um and then subsequently after that he murders everybody. Yeah, he goes on like this killing spree where he's just murdering people. And this is also a really cool action shot because as the Fire Nation is attacking, we get to see like basically this battle play out. And it's a really cool scene and it looks great. Um, for the most part, the CGI is good. The worst part is the green hey, screen, but we don't see they, a ton they of it. They do Apparently, a good job of, of, of not showing his face as much, which they did in the previous ones, yeah. which gave away the CGI-ness. But they, they keep him... Like back turn the whole way, so it's much. Apparently, better. in that that cool action scene, I was looking at the the goofs section on IMDb, which is the longest goofs section I've ever seen <laughs> on IMDb. <laughs> I think it's the longest of all the sections on IMDb for this movie. Um, but in the goofs section, it says that uh, in that scene, it pans and you can see a Fire Nation soldier ninja member just fighting uh, the air. Absolutely no one. Nice. Which I thought was funny. I Another think. Star Wars reference. <laughs> um, I, uh, man, this movie want to be prequels so bad. I, I looked up. I looked up the trivia, and the second top thing on trivia was Dev Patel expressed dissatisfaction with the final movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, you know, it's such I a. Why. It's such a, you know, me too, me too, Dev. <laughs> and, and, I, I feel. And so we see, um, so so. This is all happening. It's a pretty. It's a really cool battle scene. It's a really cool fight. It goes on for quite a bit, which is a little longer than I, I wished it would. But but whatever. And I only say that because I was wanting the movie to end. And so, um, Ong goes full Avatar mode. Mister Aziz kills the the Moonfish, and so then mm. nobody can do their power anymore. The, the, they they like the water benders get power from the moon i guess because the the moon controls the waves right because um, of the tide i've science yeah yeah which uh, yeah and but also uh pekka girl is connected to the <laughs> fish well right because that's she she was born not awake 
Yeah, she was born not awake, and the fish gave her life. So she, after Mr. Aziz stabs the fish, um, she gives her life back to the fish, and then the fish is fine. So that scene goes on for like five minutes where the fish is dead, but then the fish is back. Uh, which I remember being a whole episode of the show. Like I remember it being like a an entire it was like episode, a, it was like a, like a two part, like it ended on like a yeah. like a cliffhanger. Yeah, um, and that was like the finale of the first season, I think. Something like that. Yeah, and, and so um, the fish is back, and uh, Ong can do water now. Well, no, and not only can real. he not only can he water bend a little bit, he can lift an entire wave, like a wall of water out of the ocean to scare away the Fire Nation. And so they all run away. And then the people who are left on there, the ones who didn't retreat, the Fire Nation people, everybody bows to him, which is something we set up earlier in the movie. Like when he was chosen to be the Avatar, everybody bowed and he ran away. That's how he survived for 100 years in the ice. Um, so he caused all of this to happen. And so everybody bows to him, and then he very nervously bows. And I think that's when they're going to roll credits, but no, they got to set up a sequel. And so they go to set up a sequel. And um, and then the movie got canned within two days. <laughs> right. Um, Prince Zuko's daddy, played by Cliff Curtis, he's all like, hey, uh, I want you to do it. Like, I want you to handle it. Because Mr. Aziz is dead. He gets drowned in a big water ball, which was but a Mr. fun Aziz scene. Gets- Get drowned by four random people in a in a water ball, which is a horrifying way to die. For one thing, um, he keeps it, like it, no, genuinely, it's it's horrifying because he keeps swimming up, and as he's swimming up to get out of the water, they just move the water ball up with him, so he's just yeah, constantly it, swimming upwards while being drowned. It, it feels really out of place. <laughs> That's the most sadistic thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it, and I'm it, me. It, it, the entire movie, like it's it's not heavy, really. Like you know, they don't really speak. There, there's internment camps, but it's there's internment camps <laughs> in the movie in the show too. But like, right? This just but it's still it's nowhere. still meant to be like a lighthearted children's right. and, um, and, program. And they, they just go no and drown him in a pool of water, <laughs> and his dead body just collapses on the bridge, and these four guys walk away with like nothing to say. I, I was just like, okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, M Night Dog, you good? <laughs> yeah, most sane M Night moment. <laughs> and so we set up a sequel. And we don't really even have to talk about it because who cares? Um, and then because the movie the movie got canceled. And then the movie nah, ends. Bro, this, the sequel's gonna happen. Just 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 wait. <laughs> and then the movie ends, and it's over, and it's great. And I'm so thankful that it ended because that means, boys, we're done with Shadow last week. Now- now we can watch um, Stuart Little, Animals. which is also and in the Night Shyamalan movie. And Yogi Bear 2, yes. And Garfield <laughs> 2, A Tale two. of Two Kitties. Um, oh, I'm so happy that we're done. You have no <laughs> idea how happy I'm I am. I'm so excited to watch anything other than... It feels, like, it feels like a knot in my back just got released. <laughs> it's, like, it's like this... It's like for the past month and a half or so... I've had this weight just on my chest, not like a metaphorical weight. It's like somebody sat an like elephant an on my chest. It's, like, my it's chest. like M Night has wrapped his hands around my throat <laughs> constantly, and it's just been squeezing tighter and tighter and tighter. And now we're done, and it's over. <laughs> like it's it is no more. We've we've done it. We've finished Shyamalan sweep. So let's let's give some final thoughts on this movie. Uh, for about ten M. minutes Night or so, is gone. and then Everything we'll spin. Better now. We'll spin about ten minutes talking about Shyamalan Sweep as a whole and how it changed us as human beings. This movie for me, 
and, and I said this a lot, this movie, it, it's sort of the, the 2010s equivalent of what franchises are trying to do today. Where like today they're trying to copy the MCU. And they're doing this thing where they'll like they'll try to set up this universe, but they don't do it right because they don't set up the movie first. And this is what happened before that. If if you don't remember this time period, everybody wanted to be Star Wars because the Star Wars prequels had just wrapped up and they made a bunch of money. And they wanted to do the original trilogy of Star Wars thing where each movie is its own act in a three-act structure. So like New Hope is the first act, Empire Strikes Back is the is the middle, and then the conclusion would be Return of the Jedi. And that movie works really well, that trilogy works really well in doing so. But what people failed to realize in trying to do that is the first movie in your franchise also has to have a three-act structure in it. And this movie doesn't. This movie is all well, set up for the sequel. What they realize is that their movie has to be a movie. Right. And this movie just doesn't, it doesn't do that. There's no structure to it. We're just gliding through scenes so that we can get to the sequel. Basically, so that we can get to the third movie where we have a conclusion. And that was a big thing for a while. And it never really worked outside of Star Wars because Star Wars had a three. Even the prequels tried to do the same thing and it also didn't work. Because you have to have a three-act structure to make movies work. And so this movie really tried with that. And it's a shame because this could have been a huge franchise. I mean, you look at like your Harry Potters and you look at like your your Star Warses and those, those movies that are these huge sprawling franchises. This could have been one. Um, if, if it was made better, but it just wasn't. It was made very poorly. They made a lot of weird choices, like having your comic relief character not be a comic relief character and having your your child character not act like a, be child. a child. Yeah, and it's, there was just a lot of choices that were just poor when it came to the making of this movie. Um, and I don't know. I, I think there there is something here. I'm excited for the new Netflix show because I think it'll be fun um, if if they make the right choices. And I think they will. It seems like they will. But as far as this movie goes, I will be happy to never watch it again. Right. True. This, this, uh, the, this movie is frustrating because it's got the groundwork and the idea of, of this great, great show and this great, great franchise that it could have been and which it, it probably is going to be because the you know they're doing the, the new live action one. Um but like you're watching it and you're just like this is this is not a movie this is just exposition followed by more exposition and more exposition and people who aren't being directed well like no one no one in this movie feels like they're in the same film as anyone else everyone yeah, it's an m night movie yeah it's it's an m night movie no one talks like a human no one knows how they're meant to be reacting and i am i'm i'm glad to be done with it yeah Yep, yep, yep. I, uh, thank Christ it is over. I this the whole I said this to Don yesterday. Four weeks ago, you know, I thought M Night was this guy who made a couple of good movies and then just made some some pretty mid ones, right? Like like I I, I didn't care about them, but what I, an I understatement. Didn't, I didn't actually I didn't Josh, actually Josh, hate them. we're we need to let Daniel do his last Airbender final thoughts, and then we'll do the M Night final thoughts for the, for the twenty minutes that he watched. <laughs> Daniel, you yeah, got three I, minutes. Um, 
I uh, I didn't hate the 30 minutes of this movie I watched. I probably would have hated it if I had watched more than 30 minutes. <laughs> I will say, I didn't I, um, say this. The um, the action scenes are cool, regardless of what Josh has to say. Watch a supercut of those. I think they're cool. The special effects that, are that, cool. Yeah, that, that's what most of the, the scenes I, I watched uh, before going to bed or while going to bed um, were mostly like action scenes. I liked I liked the... I mean, the da- the dancing was was dumb and and corny and bad, but I, I liked I liked the idea. Um, I liked the um, one of the uh, I think it was like the waterbender guy in the second waterbender village that was teaching Ong how to waterbender. Um, he did like a little uh, little two step with his feet and then kicked a water ball. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I liked that. Um, and that's all my thoughts. <laughs> the, the, in my head, all of them. They're all okay. Now, now we can talk about Shyamalan as a whole <laughs> and how this, how this is. I hate him. Oh, one that more thing. Pun is not enough. <laughs> I, I want to, I want to introduce our, our new rating scale. I didn't discuss this with you guys before. We're going to rate this as either best movie ever or worst movie ever. I wonder which one we're all going to say. <laughs> For this movie, I'm going with worst movie ever. <laughs> I think I am going to have to second that opinion. Even uh, from no, just the 30 minutes you watched? I'd say so, yeah. And I, I mean, I have I have a very distinctly negative memory of this movie. Like, th- this is this is the closest to a traumatic memory I have, is watching this movie <laughs> after watching the, the show as a child. Because it's just, it's such a drop-off in quality. Like, it's 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 painful and traumatic to to a young child who who is very... Um, emotionally invested in in a, in a tv series i am going to say that this is the best movie ever <laughs> i hate you i think perhaps <laughs> you are being a bit of a contrarian maybe no no Give no, a reason. Josh, what, josh what what do you think this is the best movie ever uh, mind your own well, business <laughs> i think that's not in your business. <laughs> okay. Um, Walks into discussion. Well, well, you know. Says Avatar The Last Airbender is <laughs> best movie ever made. Refuses to elaborate. You know. Good CG. Mm. Uh, 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 <laughs> good action scenes, according to you. Uh, <laughs> um, I feel like I do not need to elaborate further. Can't. You do. Well, it doesn't matter because you lost anyway because me and Daniel both voted it worst movie ever. So, um, worst movie ever, Avatar The Last Airbender. Cool. Now, final thoughts on Shyamalan. Josh, you can go first because you're the reason we're in this nightmare to begin with. Right. <laughs> I just said one of the movies, okay? just No, the sweep was your idea. You don't get to do this. You don't get to say, like, no, I just said the happening. Shyamalan, you did this to us. I'm going to say it's your fault, um, but the the before four weeks ago, you know, when we all I knew of Shyamalan was uh, Unbreakable and and Sixth Sense and Happening. I thought, hey, he's this guy who made a couple of good movies and then made a lot of mid movies. So you know, what do you know? And then the last four weeks have told me just how much I despise M. Night Shyamalan movies. <laughs> and he he seems like a lovely man, you know? He seems like a very nice guy. He's just a psychopath who mm. doesn't know how to make a movie and doesn't know what a movie looks like or how humans act or what humans act like to each other. Um, and I, I just... 
this, this this last month has caused me so much pain, so much heartburn, really. Um, heartburn. And heartburn. <laughs> so that's, I'm not sure that's the movie doing this. I've I've, I've heard the things you order from DoorDash. <laughs> heartburn in my soul. These movies have. This movie me. has given my soul heartburn. And it. it I am no. <laughs> okay. Cool. Fair enough. Daniel, final thoughts on Shyamalan. Um, I I wish I could travel um back in time a month to when I I was <laughs> I was um blissfully ignorant to how much I hated M Night because I knew I knew I didn't like or respect him as a director, but I I at least didn't hate him as a person, and I don't like hating people because I, I I want to like people. But M-, M. Night just, he brings out the worst in me, and I want him gone. Mm. So but um, have, I like Unbreakable. He gives me heartburn, and he brings out the worst in me. <laughs> wow. How do I top that, you know? It's like, where do we, where do we go from here? So when we sat down to do Shyamalan Sweep, we watched The Happening. And I was very negative on The Happening, but in hindsight... It's, it's, probably- it's crazy that, that The Happening is the best movie we watched. And I, I said that jokingly at the beginning, but it actually turned out to be the truth. And so that is the, the soothsayer. It's like, <laughs> I really didn't care for either Old or The Visit because I'm not a huge horror guy. And so those movies had nothing that appealed to me. After Earth, I thought like, okay, this one will be more fun. And it was kind of more fun from a visual and special effects standpoint. But it was just as boring. But it was it was boring. And then this movie is just so much wasted potential. And it, <sighs> Shyamalan has this way of taking concepts and ideas that are fascinating and could be really good movies. And they're not even usually his ideas. They're usually somebody else's. And then just making them not good. You know? Because what? Let's let's see. Old was based off of a, a short story. Um, the visit was an original idea, right? After Earth was somebody else's concept that he wanted to make a sci-fi movie, but we can't even really credit him with After Earth because that was Will Smith. And then this is based off a TV show. I don't have heartburn. Um, I think it. I think I'm dead. <laughs> like, I'm dead in my soul. Like, I'm dead in my will. My will to live is gone. Uh, this, this, how M Night Shyamalan ruined me. It's 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 just fascinating how inept. Because it's I don't know that we'll be able to take another director, unless it's like a Neil Breen or whatever, and just find four movies. Number one, I'd have significantly more fun with a Neil Breen sweep. But anyway, I just don't think we'll be able to take one director, especially one who's got this many movies under his belt, who's this big of a of a director, and watch four movies in a row that are this bad. Like, I just don't think we'll be able to do that because it's such an anomaly that they keep letting him make movies. I, I can't keep getting I, away with it. I like. I want to. I want to see what blackmail he has on the like the studio executives. <laughs> well, he walks into a room and he's like, "Hey." I am going to make uh, After Earth. It's going to be Will Smith and his son. 
And then he just throws all of these photos of them doing horrible acts onto the table and just walks out. And they're like, well, I guess we have to give him the movie now. Well, after this one, it should have been done. Right, like, like after Last Airbender, they should have been like, okay, yeah, you're, we're never and letting he, you make a movie ever again. I, but then I, they let him make After Earth, right? And he and he made After Earth, and that should have been the last straw. They should have been like, okay, you're never making another movie ever again. And then he made The Visit, and he made it, and that should have been the last straw. They should have said, okay, you're never you're never allowed to make another movie ever again. But then just last year, he made Old. And it came out, and he's got another movie coming out, and it's like, why do we keep letting you make movies? <laughs> that that so that's what I mean. Like M Night seems like a lovely man, but I want to know what deal with the devil he made because any other director, if they had as many consecutive flops as he has had, they would not they would not be working anymore. They would, they would be like, hanged. They, yeah, <laughs> they would be chased out of Hollywood. So I don't know what he's done that like. How much do these he's people got? He's got some dirt on someone. He someone has to. I refuse to believe otherwise, because there, there's no way he's got a movie coming out next year called Knock at the Cabin. That's got Batista, uh, Jonathan Groff, Rupert Grin, all of these people who are in movies, and he's still making movies. He's still doing it. I, I, just, I don't. I don't know why. I don't know how. I just. I. I want it to stop. I just don't. He is. I'm begging you, M Night, please. It's it's like it, it's, all right. It is like best sweep ever think. or worst <laughs> sweep ever. Because here's uh, the thing: we we talked about this. <laughs> I, I, we've got some doozies lined up of things that we're gonna have to sit through. I don't think it it gets worse than this. I genuinely yeah, don't. No, I think I think this is the worst sweep, at least that we have planned out for the next uh, five years. <laughs> it's like because we're doing like we're doing some things where we're gonna watch super low budget animated movies and 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 like knockoffs of Pixar. That, that will at least be fun. That's what I'm thing. saying. Like this this the fact that these made in Hollywood publicly released movies are gonna be the worst things that we sit through i don't i don't know the the, the riddick sweep in in about four years might be <laughs> might be pretty tough to get through the, the yeah, what just, i mean the riddick sweep the riddick sweep the, uh, the vin diesel know, uh, do you know trilogy you don't know about the riddick sweep i do doing, not you it, it's cool this this is this is like like five years down the yeah, line we'll get doing, there in, uh, in, this, this is well into like season what, four i think what are we doing uh pitch black riddick the chronicles of Riddick, well, we're, we're doing we're doing all three Riddick movies and then and then, uh, Switch and then the the no 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 we're doing uh, Xander Cage it I think that's for, the, that's for the Vin Diesel sweep right. it doesn't matter right just, now just you wait until <laughs> um, we get into the Transformers sweep it's it, well no that one's gonna be good it's just so just, baffling because I feel like I've wasted a month of my life like that's it's we've been doing this podcast have. what where we're talking about movies for like a year now. We've just started to structure it a little more and do these sweeps. Never have I felt like such a chunk of my life was wasted. I feel I feel actively drained. Like I I cuz usually I gang. even when we watch bad things, which is the theme, we have fun doing it and we have fun talking about it, but I have not had fun. The last time I had fun was Daddy's Home 2, and that was so <laughs> Man, long ago. That's saying something. <laughs> Oh man, I wish we were still watching Daddy's Home too. <laughs> but we can rejoice because it's over. I I had the best sleep I've ever had after watching this movie. 
<laughs> because it's done. Because no it's more. Done. It put me to sleep, and I realized I didn't have to. I didn't have to watch M Night Shyamalan. Movie. I can go the rest of my life and never watch another M Night Shyamalan. Well, movie. until until next year when we all go to see Knock in the Cabin. Haha. <laughs> yeah, I think perhaps. <laughs> I'm so not funny, Dad. Knocking the camera. <laughs> All right, boys. Thank you for, uh, thanks for slugging through these Shyamalan movies. We're done. Make it's it over. Stop. Make it stop. Next week, everybody, tune back in as we watch Stuart Little, which is also a Shyamalan movie, but he only produced that one. Um, I'm so excited. There is a Shyamalan twist in that movie. We'll talk it's, about it. It's, really, it's more of a Shyamalan movie than After Earth is, and probably than Last Airbender. Because I don't think yeah, the, does the, the, the Last Airbender have a, a Shyamalan twist. Uh, the twist is that you expect it to act like a movie. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, if you are watching on, um, or if you're listening on any of our streaming platforms on our YouTube channel, we have a commentary of me and Josh and Daniel for a little bit, and then just me and Josh watching through this movie in what's we're, what we're calling the Watch Potty. We're going to try to do that every time we live stream those on Thursdays. Um, if, thanks for listening. I don't know why you would actively choose to listen to us talk about Shyamalan movies, but we're done. It's over. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next week while we watch. Say, thank you, Based God. I love you, Lil B. <laughs> while we watch Stuart Little.